from New York City. A podcast from working actors, directors, and playwrights. This is the Cryhavoc Company. Hello, and welcome to the Cry Havoc podcast. Uh, today around the table, we have... Carrie Flanagan, I'm an actor. Jenny Curlin, I'm an actor. Jane Fitch, I'm an actor and musician. Will Harper, I'm an actor. And Kit Lavoie, I'm a director and a playwright. Today, we're going to be talking about working on the road. Uh, there actually have been several of us who've spent the past couple of months uh, out elsewhere and, uh, and working, and so we thought this might be a good time to talk about what it's like to be an artist working away from your home environment. Uh, and someplace new. Uh, so before we start uh, talking, let's talk a little bit about um, just let people know where we've just come from, those of us who haven't, and, and where we've worked uh, before that. So, Will, where, where were you? I was in uh, I was in Chicago working at the Goodman Theater um, on a play called Ruined. Uh, it was a co-production with uh, Manhattan Theater Club and, and the Goodman. <laughs> Oh. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in the past, I actually um, uh, done like pretty limited work on the road, um, maybe like a reading here and there, but just getting put up for like a week or so. All right, Jane. Uh, I just got back from the Alley Theater in Houston, Texas. Um, was doing Mrs. Warren's profession there, and similarly was pretty much my first like long. I mean, it was eight weeks, uh, gig on the road. I have done, I did a film for two days in Providence, Rhode Island, and then similarly readings and stuff, but for usually about a week. I, um, at the beginning of the summer, shot a film uh, in Jersey where I was away for a couple of days, and then um, a couple of years ago, I staged managed a show that uh, went out of town for uh, a long weekend. Uh, in Connecticut, <laughs> which counts. <laughs> uh, I've been in New York based for a while, but I had in the past. I've been. I did a new musical in New Orleans for a couple weeks. That was year, a couple years ago. Uh, I remounted a play in Sydney, Australia. That was for about a month. And once upon a time, I was backup singer for the Lilith Affair and another tour, and that was all over the East Coast and other places. Excellent. And uh, I just got back from uh, working on a film in Cape Town, South Africa for two months, uh, which was uh, an adventure, a film of, uh, uh, incidentally, we have all come back sick, as it turns out, um, but uh, a film of the, the play uh, Master Harold and the Boys by Athel Fugard. Um, and so that's where I've been for the past couple of months. And uh, other than that, I've worked on, uh, I worked on a, a show at uh, the Bay Street Theater in Sag Harbor. And I also have been thinking that I, I was out of town shooting a documentary in, that I'm, I'm working on in Iowa, although it only occurred to me literally a half hour ago that that documentary is actually about actors working on the road, and it was actually following two Broadway actors doing, uh, doing a show at this little theater in Iowa, uh, which you would have thought would have occurred to me, given what we're, uh, <laughs> what we're talking about today. Anyway, let's start off talking a little bit about... Uh, what did you find uh, when you were working away from home? Uh, in what ways did your artistic process differ, or did it uh, in any way? Uh, were there ways that you 
found yourself working or found yourself not working uh, that was different from when you're when you're working out of your apartment in New York? The two major things that I found um, different were well, the first obvious thing is you have to acclimate to your new environment, and uh, so if you're somewhere as far away as South Africa or Australia, just the actual climate, like every, it's just a different existence. But that's, you know, that's something that you have to adjust to anywhere, I think. Um, but the biggest thing that surprised me that I didn't expect was when actually going live. My actual day-to-day -day rehearsal process didn't change much, I don't think, but the, um, once we went live, I didn't expect the different audience. Like, I, it, especially if you're in a different country, if you're somewhere the energy that the audience gives you or doesn't give you or is just different or whatever, how much that affects you and how you have to, on the tip of your, on the uh, spur of the moment, change how you do things. And I didn't expect that. The uh, the audience was very different. In what way I were they away. different and, and, and how did it change the way you work? I didn't realize how much I gave and took with the audience until, because you're so used to... Uh, you're so used to um, a New York audience or, or whatever audience you're used to and the way, the relationship that you have with them, the energy that they give. I find that New York audiences, in retrospect, are very um, enthusiastic and very, it's a different kind of energy. They're very engaged, just like they are in the street and everywhere else. So I found the specific Australian audience that I, they're very reserved. Okay. So you don't realize how you're... <laughs> expecting a certain energy that when it's not there you got to figure out you got to pull from your own reserve in a way did anyone else find that that the uh I uh, it's hard to say because I find I'm always surprised at audience responses based on different projects and so I think like <coughs> <clears throat> that's something that's, that would become clearer if you were doing a tour or something like that you know if doing the same thing I mean to a certain extent people people behave differently and have different kind of expectations, I guess, of things. And I, w I would find, I found that in Houston, it was more about, I noticed it more because it was a repertory company. So the audience was familiar with the act. I was the only actor in the show that was not in the company. And so this, this audience had been watching the rest of the actors for 10 years in a lot of different productions. So, and for example, the guy who played Sir George Crofts, who's kind of like the sleazy, older, mutton chops guy in... Um, <laughs> he, had, he had mutton chops. Um, in, in Mrs. Ford's profession, had just finished doing Santaland Diaries uh, by David Starris. And so, so he played this like, flaming Christmas elf. Uh, <laughs> and so people... I mean, like, we had a talk back where someone was like, Crumpet, which was the name of his elf, was like Crumpet. How long does it take you to put the mutton chops on? <laughs> and uh, and as this, I mean, and his character was this like, I mean, was trying to get my character to marry. Was this kind of like really sleazy, like chauvinist guy? So it was just that was an interesting dynamic because people would laugh at things that he would do um, because they're different or because you know that was. I would say that was the only thing that I noticed as far as the audience. Yeah. I actually noticed less because what I was working on recently was a, a film, but I actually noticed uh, I loved everybody that I worked with there. But there was something about the rhythm 
in Cape Town was something much slower than New York. And, and um, you know, there really, there really was a sense of, you know, things that we wanted to get done this morning, that there was a sense that, well, yes, that will get done at some point. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, and certainly actually that changed once we were shooting and there was a very clear deadline of what was going on. But when we were in pre-production, it was, it was interesting just to, you know, to see that they were... I mean, there was something that was actually really very nice about it, but it was kind of a much more easygoing environment than I think a, a New Yorker is, is accustomed to. Yeah. I was going to say, in the, in the back, going back to thinking other things about the artistic process that changed, um, one of the things that I found difficult was that I didn't have anybody to talk to who wasn't in the production. And I realized how much I do talk to other people. I mean, my sister, who's a lawyer who I live with, I talk to her a lot about about the play and what's, you know, and she helps me just talking through things and and not having that and also not having someone not having anybody who knew my work previously or knew my process um, I found I spent I spent a lot of time on the phone with people trying to or like with a friend of mine specifically who I went to grad school with um, who's a director and because I would start freaking out about certain things but didn't want because I didn't know really any of the people and was my first time working with a director I didn't want to freak out in the in the rehearsal room and be like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing, la, 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 which is, I feel like, always a part of a rehearsal process when you're like, I'm totally lost. But I was a kind of, you know, the my character was the journey of the show, took the journey of the show, and I didn't want people to think that I couldn't handle it. Um, so that was hard, to, to try to be vulnerable in the work, but not be vulnerable... In you know not not make people lose faith in, in myself in me lose faith in me um, that was something I wasn't expecting. What what was that? What was it like uh, related to that? I think to work within a repertory company that had worked with each other often was that something that was that was difficult to fit into. That was did that make it easier um, or a b uh, both actually? Well, it was an interesting situation in that the play. Everybody else in the play, other than my character, I was playing Vivi, uh, they all know each other, and Vivi's the newcomer. So um, that kind of worked in that way. <coughs> they were amazingly welcoming and supportive. They were super excited to meet me and invite me over for dinner, and I mean, they, were just, they really welcomed me into the community. But... There, I mean, they definitely have a language with each other that that I just didn't have, and and uh, and they were incredibly familiar with the space. I mean, that was my biggest challenge was getting into the space, which was a eight hundred seat theater arena uh, seating, and it was not good acoustics. And they'd been in there for ten years, and I was in there for the first time, and um, that was that was the hardest part was how comfortable they were with the space and how uncomfortable I was um, and not wanting to make that <laughs> be an issue that you would see in the production that was difficult but they were I mean I think that they're accustomed to people coming in from out of town and they know how to they know they definitely know how to support those people and make them feel at least at the alley I've never worked anywhere else but <laughs> they they know how to make they I mean they all would come into my dressing room and say 
the first show we did, I did on the stage, I struggled with the same things you're struggling with. You're doing, you know, they were, they were amazing like that. But at the same time, it was, that was hard. It was hard learning what things I could ask about and be, I wanted to be competent. I wanted to be capable and I wanted, I was, you know, and I wanted them to know that I was, but at the same, so that negotiating with people that you've worked with before, they already know that you're, that you can do it. They know, they cast you, they worked with you before, they know you're going to eventually get, get there. there. Yeah. And with people that you haven't worked with before, you, I just wanted to make sure that they knew that I could get there and I didn't want to, I didn't want to, yeah, I didn't want them to doubt that. But they, I will say that any time I did, you know, have any sort of vulnerability around any of them, they were, could not have been more supportive. That actually brings up something that is interesting I never really thought about, but it actually is rare to work on anything in New York where you don't have a previous relationship with someone. With somebody. Uh, that actually is, uh, I had not really ever thought about that before. Or that you at least yeah. know someone yeah. who... Um, you know someone who knows someone. So they're like, oh my god, yeah, or they've seen you in something. Mm-hmm. And there was just nothing, none of that, none of in, that. in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> yes. When you were working at the Goodman, Will, was it, 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 was, it was largely a New York cast that went out there, yeah, right? Yeah, it was. Um, our, our experience in Chicago was actually drastically different because we were coming in as a unit already. Um, and rather than um, moving into something it, like not even half of the cast was uh, from from Chicago. We had one guy who was, uh, or actually no, three guys from from Chicago who were uh, based in Chicago, and they uh, you know they auditioned there and got cast there. But uh, I found that of the uh, of the experiences that. Um, that we had as a group, uh, a lot of it hinged on uh, the fact that we were all very alien to this town, and none of us had spent any time there whatsoever, and uh, just getting used to the city itself and the the attitudes toward theater and the creation of it there, and how different that is uh, in comparison to New York, uh, just because... It seems it, it, it in, in my experience there was a it's just a, it's a smaller place and you can kind of feel that vibe. But even 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 with that being the case, you know some of the best theater in the U.S. is coming out of Chicago recently. So uh, it's actually a really interesting thing to be in a place that doesn't feel quite as saturated, uh, but still uh, creates. So much that's like that's viable on a on a on a national level, and being at the Goodman is you know a place where they that's that's the deal. It's like a, as a matter of fact, you know, uh, just recently they said that Desire Under the Elms, which was in rehearsals when we were there, is now moving to Broadway, um, August Osage County, blah blah blah. So there's this uh, kind of a there's a suspicion of out of town talent coming in mm-hmm. <laughs> because they've got their own thing going that is fine without 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 you know the New York artists coming in. So with that being the case, it felt that maybe sometimes we had to win over our audiences a bit. 
because well, you that from the audience. You felt that from the audience. Some, some, somewhat. I mean, that and and also in you know just the uh, you know within the organization you know of the Goodman, it's like we have you know people that can do this here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with it being a co-production, and you know with the final destination being Manhattan Theater Club, a lot of the actors came from here. Um, but um, but our understudies were actually from Chicago, and they all went on a few times, and they were they were pretty incredible as well. So yeah, I think I think that was you know just being you know there, it was more an issue of you know finding a way to validate your presence and your work <laughs> without uh, without showing the effort to do so uh, because there's a viable scene already in place. I think that's really a good point that it's like that it's a dance between I found a similar thing in Houston in that there were a few uh, younger women in the cast and there were quite a few young people there who are living in Houston and are local actors but the alley typically for the large there there's not very many young people in the company so for the larger roles um, they go to New York and there's a certain amount of resentment in the younger community understandably that they don't really get a shot <coughs> to to play those to audition for those roles and and it was a funny kind of dance between feeling like I had the right to be there and sh- and proving myself and also this was I mean it, so this was with the, my colleagues and not so much the audience but and also being sympathetic to them and their situation and they did a great job of not make I mean they didn't seem resentful of me they seemed frustrated with the with the system but I found that in general too lifestyle wise those are young people who are choosing to be in Houston and I am choosing to be in New York and I feel like there was a certain amount of like why does everybody have to be from New York like what's so great about being in New York and I both wanted to acknowledge that yeah there's great theater happening other places, and also validate my own choice to be in New York, and that um, was kind of a dance at times. There really is a brand to the New York actor, you know. I mean, it's it's interesting that that really it means something. Any place you go, it means different things. I think a lot of places, but I mean, there are. I mean, certainly when I when I went out to 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 shoot that documentary in Iowa, the idea that they were. Broadway actors from New York there. I mean, the entire town knew that they were there and were excited about it and couldn't believe that they were coming to see the show with New York actors in it. And, you know, and certainly I, you know, worked at, at this theater out in, in, in Sag Harbor that does terrific work, but part of their thing is it's where a lot of people go out and have their vacation homes and they're bringing honest-to-God New York talent out there to do theater. Um, but I imagine, actually, like in places like Chicago and things like that, which actually a Chicago actor is its own brand, too. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, the, uh, that that would mean something different. I mean, I certainly know in L.A., the idea that you're coming to L.A. <coughs> from New York, I mean, there's a certain cachet that that has, that you're a quote-unquote serious actor if mm-hmm. you've come from New York. Mm-hmm. And I know, frankly, being in South Africa, being from New York was a huge deal. Like I really couldn't believe, actually, and a, a whole other thing having to do with the uh, Obama inauguration and right. actually what it meant there and things like that. That was extraordinary. But that how how incredibly highly esteemed New York was, both by people who had been there and people who hadn't. Um, I was actually surprised that the number of people who had been to New York 
that they were like, it was the best place I've mm. ever been. And the people who hadn't been are like, that's my great dream, is to go to New York, which uh, was surprising. But do we all, uh, that idea of the New York actor, I mean, you said, you know, talking about validating your choice, Jane, to be a New York actor. I mean, do you feel like a New York actor? I mean, does that mean something to you in a way that I, I don't know if it means to other people? I don't think I feel specifically uh, that it means anything to me, but I actually just uh, helped out at a casting office on Thursday, and there was a real sense from the New York casting directors of the difference between L.A. actors and New York actors. Um, and, and they didn't go into it much, but there was this definite... Uh, Difference that they kind of remarked on with, with different things and different people, just in terms of. I mean, they were they're in New York, so they were favoring New York folks, but they were just saying in LA how it's fake and and stuff like that. And it was interesting hearing a casting perspective of the two different coasts. I feel like it's also. A, I don't necessarily feel like in work. I'm a New York, like, my work is recognizable as a New York actor or that I really see any difference. Um, but, but I feel like it's a choice of, it's a, it's a lifestyle choice to be, I mean, I feel for me, there are, f there are a number of reasons I'm in New York. A major one is that the highest concentration of people that I care about are here. Um, but it's also that there's, the auditions are here and in some ways it makes sense to me, I mean, in some ways, I was like, "Whoa, there's just not." <laughs> I mean, there's just not nearly as much work happening in Houston. There is, some, there are like, there's more than I thought was there, but it's just the the sheer volume is just it just can't really compare. Um, so in that way, I feel like I've made a choice that that's what's important right now is to be in a place where a lot of that is happening. And a lot of the folks there were saying, "Well, my family's here. I don't want. I want a yard." I want a husband, I want a whatever, and that, and they feel like they can't have that here or they don't want the, that the way it is here. So, Do you think it's because um, I feel like there are more schools here? Um, do you think it's a, a, con a, I don't know if it's a misconception or whatever, that more people here have been trained? Because there's a higher concentration. I mean, there's Juilliard, there's, you know what I mean? There's all of these schools I'm here. Thought, I mean, there's... there's and teachers and access to that if people think that New York people have more training, either good, bad, or otherwise. And Broadway is here. I mean, not Yeah, I mean, I think, think it's also just that the sheer concentration of actors, there's so many more to choose from. I think that would be why I would I think that the Alley auditions here, mm -hmm. because if they're going to have auditions, they can pull in so many more different kinds of people and with different kinds of backgrounds here than they can. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that deep. I, I think that, uh, <laughs> that uh, it's also that just whenever I've heard New York actor versus LA actor, I just thought it was no different than the New Yorker versus the LA resident argument. Mm. Just because it is a, a, an approach to it because of your environment that you live in every day. I just think New York actors are probably perceived as more aggressive, more um, edgier. Mm -hmm. I did air quotes. Uh, <laughs> she can't see me. Uh, the that sort of thing. I, I, that's how I've always perceived that argument. Yeah, and and I think it actually uh, it's interesting again because it goes back to something that you said, <coughs> rang interesting to me anyway. That uh, 
the, validating your choice to be a New York actor. I think that that idea of when you, you know, if you're going to pick up to have a career as an actor, you know, there's you kind of have three choices, which is one, to get connected up with some sort of repertory company in one of the big cities. I mean, most of the big cities have them. Or to go to L.A. to do film or to come to New York to do theater. And I mean, I think that there really is something about sort of that essential basic choice of which one of those places you go. And there's actually so many New York actors that I know who think about, you know, well, I've gotten a few film roles, maybe I should move to L.A. And the sense of doom in their voice, not so much about I don't want to live in L.A., but that that feels, I think, to people like a real identity switch to change from being an actor who chooses to be in New York to being an actor who chooses to be in L.A. I think, too, it's just a really important thing to keep thinking of it as a choice. I mean, that was a great thing about being in Houston is that I was like, this continues to be a choice where I am, what I'm doing. It's easy to feel like, oh, I'm burdened by the business or the way that it works or I have to do, you know, blah, blah, blah. And to keep... I Kurt Columbus, who's the uh, artistic director of Trinity Repertory company I am um, and Brown Trinity I went to the Brown Trinity grad program for a year and um, <laughs> and it's great it's a great program it really is um, I left it not because I didn't like it but um, he says and I think it's really great he says pick a town and a life that you want and then make because you have to have I mean that was a big thing in Houston as I was like I have nothing else here except this show. Not even the rest of my career. All I have is this role, and these people only know me in that capacity. So if I'd had a bad day uh, at rehearsal, I felt like my entire identity was based on the fact that I'm sucking right now playing this role, you know? And that was something that I really missed, is having the rest of my life, you know, my friends and my family and my co-op and like all those other things and I think that that's a really important thing to remember that you're you're choosing your life and you can if you I mean and that's why I had a lot of admiration for the young people in Houston who were like I don't want to go to New York I don't I've been there I hate it there you know and they their family is in Texas they grew up in Texas or they didn't and but they love it there for some reason I mean, was, I mean, not, I'm not trying to say that it was bad. That did that sound. You do know that Will is a Texan. That sounded. That sounded. I didn't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> they love it for whatever reason is that they love it. I liked a lot of things about Texas. Um, you wow. know what I mean. Anyway, uh, and they and they are gonna be actors there, and they can, and they can do great work because there's great stuff happening. That they don't have, you don't have to be. I mean, I agree with you that there are like three paths that you, that are kind of the paths that you feel like are available to you. But within that, you can, you know, you can make choices, and it's just important to to remember that you're you're choosing to do that. I think also it's um, important to note that a lot of people that wind up because I was a Texas actor for a couple of years before I before I moved to New York. Where were you in Texas? I was in Dallas, and. Um, it's also important to note that there's uh, a lot of, you know, with, you know, the great work that is being done outside of, you know, the, you know, centers that are L.A. and New York and Chicago, Chicago. honestly. Yeah. Um, there's a lot, you know, with the great work that's being done in those places, it's also um, understood that the majority of those artists, um, no matter how viable their contributions, 
um, will not make a living, but they choose to be where they are, um, because either A, there's like a, a mission of sorts to, um, make that market that they're in, um, a draw in its own right, or because, you know, quite simply as, as, as Jane was saying, um, that's where they love to be, um, but I think it's, you know, also, but I think it's very important to, to, to point out that, uh, there is a lot of viable work being done in those smaller markets, uh, and there's a lot of great actors, actually, that, that are choosing to stay where they are. And I, I mean, I almost made the same choice, because I was like, why is it that you have to go somewhere like New York that's expensive and kind of, uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a beating when you first move. <laughs> um, and why why deal with that for so many years when you can do work of a similar caliber um, in other places? Maybe not with the volume that is done in New York, um, simply because of the matter of you know population density. But uh, why why should all actors have to relocate? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, eventually, it's like, I, I, I came to the conclusion, I want to make a living, and I won't be able to do this in Dallas, just because there's no way I'll be able to go from, from gig to gig to gig to gig, plus, um, you know, there's a very limited TV and film industry there, in comparison to New York, just, uh, so it's just harder to find those things that will string together a few months of rent, um, that you're more apt to find here. But the flip side is the cost of living is so much lower and it's so much easier just to get your basics covered um, that, you know, you don't mind doing that <coughs> that job that doesn't have to be your focus in any, in any regard and do your theater at night, get that little paycheck that will you know, keep you afloat and give you the extras to, you know, give you the money to, to have the extras and, you know, work in your bookstores or whatever like I did, um, in order to just kind of make your, your nut. Um, <laughs> that's, that nut meaning. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a phrase. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, so... Anyway, <laughs> I think we're we're actually moving pretty steadily into the the idea of, of the lifestyle elements of things. Before we move wholly on, for uh, is there anything else about about your actual artistic process that you found was different on the road? A narrower focus for me, uh, because I was away from pretty much everyone outside of my cast, who were all New York-based, but I had just recently met all of them, and they're all wonderful, beautiful people, um, and we did hang out a lot. Um, outside of that, um, there was no distraction, so because of that, um, I spent way more, just, time, um, <laughs> uh, working on, like, whatever little nuances I could find, you know, especially with, uh, with a role I'm playing, it's like, you know, pretty limited stage time, so it's like, well, you know, there's a lot of things that I can, uh, that I can, like, divine from this that might actually, uh, help me in the future to, you know, 
find the find other nuances in other parts, just because I was away and I had nothing to do. <laughs> it's just like let me uh, let me just go ahead and, and dive in the book again. <laughs> See what happens. Yeah. yeah, it does become kind of all encompassing totally. when you're when it's, that's what you're yeah. doing. Yeah, and it's the reason you're there. You yeah. know, is is to work. You're not there to buy groceries or do push-ups. You're there. That you can do that. <laughs> that made sense. But anyway. Yeah. Awesome. I actually love to do on vacation. <laughs> 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 I actually found that that uh, that I actually learned an awful lot about about <coughs> the way that I work on things. Um, given actually the fact that I was in uh, you know a, a, a developing country in its way. I mean, I was in in Africa, and they had internet that worked some of the time and electricity that usually worked um, you know and, and all of these things and I, I actually came to realize you know sort of as a just sort of in my day to day life how uh, dependent I've become upon the idea of you know the the number of different copies of things I like to have in different places and the things I like to have scanned to be able to get to on my computer when I and when that really isn't an option it was it, it you know, I, I adapted fine, but it was it was really interesting how much I took for granted about the way that that uh, that I function, the way I organize my work. That was just not an option when you know it felt like I had to fill out seven forms to get my hands on a working photocopier. Um, it was interesting in that regard. Is there anything um, along the the artistic lines that you guys think uh, if somebody you knew was about to go and work for their first time out of town that you would uh, that you would recommend to them or things that you wish someone had recommended to you before you ventured out for the first time or things you would do differently the next time you went out of town I think and this is kind of lifestyle and artistic related because the fact is that being an artist is a lifestyle and you have to take care of yourself emotionally and personally in order to be able to, to do your work and I think that 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 the next show that I do out of town, hopefully I'll you know do another show. Um, and I will, I think, just be more pointed about choosing those things and and preparing myself for how I'm going to get how I'm going to be able to be in a place where I can really show up personally and emotionally in rehearsal. Uh, and performance every day and make sure that those self-care things are taken care of. And that's we'll probably talk more about that in lifestyle. But it's all it's all a part of it. You can't sacrifice. You know, you need to be able to sleep. You need to be able to do those things so that you can perform the next day. And just make just don't take those things for granted. Just realize the things that you need when you're in town and then figure out how to, how to get them or an approximation of them out of town if you can. This is kind of lame. Um, <laughs> but but something that I will do from now on is I went out to uh, southern Jersey for a couple of days. And actually, I wasn't... I was thinking I was just going to be out there for a day. And I spent the majority of a day in a trailer by myself uh, waiting to be called to set or waiting to go to rehearsal or something like that. And I wish I had brought stuff to do because there was no one to talk to. And I, I was being brought into this 
into this uh, film environment because I was a day player and so I was there for a couple of days but I didn't know anyone going in and I wish I had been better prepared in terms of stuff to keep me occupied and I mean it's totally a practical technical thing but kind of along that line stuff that will keep you motivated and going so you're just not sitting there twiddling your thumbs while you're waiting for stuff to happen definitely explore your environment as much as humanly possible while you're away uh, that's something I did but I'll, I'd do it again times a million just make sure you get out and get around and see what's there I would second third and fourth that but I would also um, I would also say it's a pretty great time to to really just focus on your process because that's, I mean, that's the reason that you're going away. I mean, um, you know, at least in, in my in my experience, it was, you know, the basics were covered, you know, so I was being paid enough to do nothing but act. And so there was just no distractions. It was really informative for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say embrace that, embrace that time uh, that you have. All right. So let's, we've already talked uh, uh, quite a bit about it, but let's uh, talk a bit more specifically about what do you do to build yourself a lifestyle uh, while you're away? And how, how conscious were you of the fact that you were building a new lifestyle and how much did it just sort of happen around you? I mean, I think there's a, to a certain extent, I'm excited to hear what everybody has to say because I don't, to a certain extent, you can't have your same life. I mean, I found, I do Bikram yoga, and I found my yoga studio, and I also swim, and so I joined the Y, and those are really important things. Um, but there are things that I realized that I really missed walking around with other people on the street, mm-hmm. and people don't walk around really in Houston, so occasionally I would go for a walk, but if anybody saw me, they would like look at me like I was insane. <laughs> you can try uh, to you know. something for real, because I, I, there was another New Yorker who was working on, on, on the film with me who... Um, and and that was something we talked about a lot was yeah. that it was so weird to not walk places. Um, I mean, that's something that I think is, is very a very New York thing to do. And you know, of course, it was eighty degrees where we were, and I came you know back to New York, and it was thirty two degrees. But still, I've been I walked every place I've been since I've been back. Yeah. Um, you know, just because I missed it so much. Yeah, same. I mean, it was gorgeous in Houston and I was like but I can't I didn't I couldn't even figure out how to get out in it really because I mean I could go to the park and occasionally I did and people would take take me around but and I, I don't know I feel like that was something that that was the hardest thing for me about being away was like I said earlier I didn't have the rest of my life and and it, after a while, I mean, I, the people were so wonderful, and I, by the end, you know, in the last, like, two weeks after I'd been there for six weeks, I felt like I knew them well enough to get over being shy and, like, ask them to, you know, to have dinner or something. But even then, you you just never really get to relax with people that you've just met, it, as, no matter how wonderful they are. Um, and that, and, and you're living in a, I mean, I was living in a, cor- a kind of a corporate apartment hotel-like place, which was totally great. There was laundry in the apartment. That was the best thing. Um, I was like, loads of laundry every night. Um, but but it's also, it's not your stuff. It's not your place. It doesn't feel like home. It feels like you're in a hotel. And 
I think to a certain extent, and you guys let me know what you think, but I think to a certain extent that's just part of it. Mm-hmm. And you have to just kind of embrace that. The woman who was playing Mrs. Warren in at the alley, she said she'd d- done a lot of work on the road, and there was one day that I was like, it's, it's just so hard, you know, being away from home. And, and I was anticipating, you know, what if I go back and then I get another job and I have to start all over again with all these people that I don't know and a place I don't know. And she said, yeah, after a certain ex- time, you just have to accept that you're never going to know where the post office is. You're going to be in lots of great cities, and you're going to meet lots of really exciting people, but you're never, you're always going to be like, you know, where's the grocery store? Where's the post office? Where's the, uh, that's just part of it, I think. I've, I've, um, I don't have a, I'm weird. I don't have a, a, well, I just think it's part of my upbringing and my lifestyle, but I, I've, I've never had a problem picking up and dropping off and picking up and dropping off wherever I am. Um... But I found, I figured out part of what makes it easier is that I find two things as soon as I get anywhere, and the simpler they are, the better, and they become the routine for every day. In Australia, I ran on the beach every morning and got coffee from the same place every morning. And from there, I just like to be alone a lot anyway, so it just kind of works out. But I, uh, yeah, I just think if you find the simplest of routines... The, yeah. And mo- if they involve nature, that's better. But yeah, for me it was just beach and coffee every day. No, I actually, I absolutely From there I just dealt with the other stuff. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely found the idea of how how important routine became because routine isn't all that important in my life at home. Mm-hmm. But and I am also not a morning person. I, you know, it particularly like I, you know, I generally will wake up as late. I can stay up through the night if I have to, but I will wake up as late as I possibly can to get where I'm going. And there was a lot of times where we had to be at the set at 6, 6.30 in the morning, so we were picked up at, you know, 5.30. But still, I was up in enough time to sit out on my balcony and have my cereal and my tea and, you know, listen to a podcast in the morning. I mean, that every single morning, even if it meant waking up at 4.00. I made sure to have time to do that, and it just set the day off, right? And I made sure at the end of the day, you know, I, I had been update putting pictures up of my day, that, uh, you know, for people at home to kind of see what I'm up to. But that was something that I was not going to go to bed until I had done that, um, you know. But it, it was it was good to have those little anchors, um, and 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 it, it, that was just something that sort of evolved around me, and I realized at one point how strange it was that I was setting my alarm for 4.15 to be sure I had time to sit down and enjoy my tea in the morning, you know. Um, it's unlike me, but I, I think it was part of kind of what... what <laughs> well, and, you came, and you came back here, and now you drink tea in the morning because now you're used to it. That's yeah. true. With your cereal. That's true. I enjoyed my cu- my tea. My, that's that's what I learned from being in South Africa. Did you, tea is good with your Did you listen to this podcast? I is actually, that, that not in the morning, but you know what? Actually, I did. I mean, that actually was, was something in terms of, uh, uh, you know, which I, I think we'll talk about in a minute, it keeping in touch with home. I actually did find myself sometimes kicking around the apartment, and I would actually put on old episodes of this to hear my friends talking, um, which, which, which was, was nice. And it, it, there was a lot, I feel a little bit foolish about this, but there was a lot about being away from home for that long. And I don't know if it was just being away from home or being away from home and working. I can't tell. But there, I felt like I learned an awful lot about myself and how I work and what my relationships with different people are 
you know, there were times where I would get an email from someone or, you know, Skype someone and talk to them and realize, oh, this thing that I've been thinking about, just we never talked about it, it just sort of settled down in my head after having talked to that person. And that's a person in my life who does that for me. And I never really realized that because usually I see 40 people I know and talk about it a day. And, and, and you know, to realize, you know, that that was that that's a person who kind of, is, you know, is a person who I relate to about that issue more than I realized that I did. And and certainly, you know, I I, I do think I have a... I, I discovered, because I was there with uh, with Lonnie, who's a good friend of mine, was directing the film, and he's somebody who I've worked as his associate on a bunch of projects, and that's why I was there. He's basically like, come and make this movie with me. So I, I kind of am not sure even what my title's going to end up being on the film at this point, but it was basically... You know, we were, were were working, you know, just very closely on, on the whole thing. But part of what I, you know, sort of imagined to be, I think was true, part of what my job there to do was to kind of keep him, you know, together and focused and, um, you know, and feeling good about the world. And, you know, so he'd be like, ah, oh, that was, you know, that was messed up what happened. It's like, yeah, but you know what, let's get some perspective. But I realized, you know, when, when I was in New York, what I would do is let's get some perspective and then I'd go home. And I'd be like, that was so messed up, I can't even tell you. And I told, you know, and, and just realize not venting, but just talking it through mm-hmm. is so useful. And without having some having people to do that with, I actually, about three weeks in the process, I was, you know, talk, do, having one of those conversations with Lonnie at the end of the day. And finally, you know, I, ca- I can't, I can't. That was... I, I just can't do this anymore. I can't pretend like everything is okay. <laughs> it was the most fucked up thing what happened today. And, you know, but there was something about that as sort of the release that that was then going to be part of. It was going to be okay to mm-hmm. not, again, complain and not vent, but to talk about what had happened in your day. And I, I never realized, I mean, I knew I'd get home at the end of the day and kind of talk about what happened in my day. But I never realized how important that was to kind of keeping my even keel um, until I didn't have that anymore. Um. The uh, just piggybacking on that, um, I think it's so useful to go uh, as far away as you can get, the better. Because uh, you find I find that uh, there's just no comparison to finding out, <laughs> to realizing where and how much you rely on other people, and stupid little things. I remember I took money out of the ATM in Australia the first time I did, and. <laughs> <laughs> and it came out this is gonna sound so stupid it came out in uh, Australian dollars and I was like I just put my American ATM into an ATM and it came out in Australian dollars and that blew my mind to the point where I had to call uh, Matt who was my partner um, to tell him about it and I realized that I'm a moron and I realized <laughs> that I am virtually helpless in a lot of areas and I but when you realize that and you're across the world and you got another four weeks to go, and I don't know. It was really great for me because I realized how much I depend on him, and then I realized that that just wasn't an option. Hmm. And for at least four weeks, anyway. Um, so so I just see what. So I just sat on a rock. <laughs> <laughs> got my tea ran on the beach <laughs> and waited to go home <laughs> and cried, <laughs> cried, cried. I um, think that is yeah. a good thing, though, about that. Like part of the life, part of it is. You can't, like I was saying before, you can't have your lifestyle. You can't have those same people. And, like, embracing what's happening in that city. And that's part of the great thing about it is experiencing 
that place and what that place is and that and if you're trying to somehow impose oh I need I I am very high maintenance and tend to have like all these <coughs> things that I need I need to have in order to do my thing and to realize what of those things I do need and what of those things I'm just in the habit of having mm-hmm. or or who I'm in the habit of talking to and it's actually like okay well can I process this problem on my own? I actually can. Maybe I wouldn't choose to, and I like having that person around, and then, you know, when I get back to New York, it's not like I'm going to be like, guess what? I don't need you anymore. Goodbye. <laughs> but um, but you learn you learn <laughs> what those things, like, there's so many things that I'm like, I need someone to say this to me. And then you realize, well, if I know what I need to hear, then I should be able to just do it myself. You know, listening to this, I am deciding in answer to my earlier question that it actually is about the idea of being someplace and working there. Mm-hmm. It is different than going on vacation or visiting people. That there is something about, and it's a lot. It's very similar, to, you know, to acting and your objective. And I mean, but there's this idea of you've got something to do, and you need to navigate this other place in order to get that done, as opposed to navigating that place for its own sake. Mm-hmm. Um, it really, I mean, you learn an awful lot about yourself from doing that. What, what, what was your experience, Will, in terms of, you know, creating a lifestyle in Chicago? I actually uh, used the opportunity to to do things almost the exact opposite of what I would do here, just, just for the sake of doing it. Um, I, uh, you know, just trying different things on for size without having anyone there that doesn't really that knows that you don't typically do that you know like <laughs> exercise or eat, eat breakfast <laughs> uh, you know so I uh, so I did the, I did a lot of that you had a lot of breakfast you know, a lot of breakfast <laughs> a lot of pancakes you know but just uh, <laughs> but I used it I mean I but I used the time to actually uh, just to try something else on besides something you know just you know just to see and I've actually been able to come back. I've come since I've come back. I've actually held on to some of the habits that I developed there, and I've continued them here just because I found that it was, you know, useful in a lot of ways in, in navigating that place and in, 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 in being away from home. Because um, uh, similar similar to you, kid, I don't actually have much of a routine here uh, at all. I I mean, you know, outside of the things that I have to do, like you know, go to work or whatever. Um, I uh, typically whatever happens happens, and uh, that was you know that, that just the implementation of a routine away from home was something entirely different for me. And uh, so yeah, just use it to you know create and create a new bill, yeah. as it were. What about uh, the idea of keeping in touch with home while you were away? I mean, a how important did you find that, and B, how did you how did you do it? I wouldn't have gotten through if I didn't talk to somebody from home every day. I would have lost my mind. <laughs> um, I just bought a phone card. <laughs> I, I remember freaking tell. out about it. I remember getting on the plane because I was going to Australia, and to me, it was like going to Mars. Like I, it was, it's so far away, mm-hmm. and ugh, that plane. <laughs> and I remember thinking, how the hell? Oh, well, the funny story is real quick is that I thought I was leaving on the 7th or whatever date of February, and I was getting my visa online, and 
Just decided to look. I, I had to put my fl- I had to put some information in that I needed for my tickets. I don't know flight number or something. So I I <laughs> looked at it and I was actually leaving seven hours from that moment. <gasps> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sucks to be you. So I remember bursting into tears and calling Matt because I thought we had at least twenty four more hours because it all happened so quick anyway. So it just felt very quick. And uh, so I was just in a pure panic. How is this going to work out? There's sixteen hour difference. There's sixteen hours ahead there like how how and when am I going to talk to anyone it was just such a strange thing before I left and then as soon as I got there um I remember landing and we you know went to some pub to meet these people and I was I was like how I I was in a fog I was like how am I going to talk to anyone and I remember Jennifer the girl I was with pointed at the deli across the street and said well I think there's phone cards there I was like wait a minute I'm not on Mars (laughs) <laughs> I'm just in Australia, and I can buy a phone card. It's not that difficult. So, uh, yeah, so I bought a phone card. It was actually relatively cheap, and I called home every day. Well, I actually... Uh, Skype is kind of magical uh, in that regard, because, A, it's free if you're talking <coughs> to someone else, who, and, 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 and cheap if you're talking to somebody's phone. But I actually found... I find when I'm away, and apologize, apologies to all of my friends here, but I always find when I'm away, the person I miss the most is my dog. <laughs> But it's actually because I can talk to other people. I can't talk to my dog. But there actually was something about the idea of the video and Skype and being able to see her that actually was really, really pleasant. I mean, so that was that was. Uh, I'm very glad. I'm not sure what I would have done if I'd been totally out of touch with Sasha for two months. But uh, uh, there it is. Um, but it, yeah, it was also nice that I know I you know I, usually when I would call home. It was interesting just how nice it was just to touch base with people. Because I know there were a couple of times where I was calling you, Jenny, mm-hmm. uh, about you know business things and stuff we had to do. Because there was all sorts of business going on in New York we had to deal with. But that I, I called and you were with her, Carrie, at one point, And you were with her, Jane, at one point. It was just so nice to be surprised other friends to mm-hmm. talk to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, even if it was just for, you know. And you called in while we were having a party. So you got to see see friends. I found that I had an easier time keeping in touch with people and talk to people more during the rehearsal process. And this always happens once, like, if I'm when I'm in a show that goes into tech, like suddenly it's like people who aren't involved. It's so all-consuming. The people who aren't involved, I struggle just kind of being able to say everything that's happening and tell the whole story. Um, And it was just kind of magnified by also being in a completely different city um, and then during performances as well I it was it's just harder technically when people work during the day and you're performing at night and then when do you when do you talk to people but it's hard when it's everybody mm-hmm. I ha- I don't like talking on the phone anyway mm-hmm. um, and when everybody that you know and love you have to talk to on the phone like that was kind of overwhelming for me um, and uh, yeah, I, I struggled with that. I talked on the phone a lot, especially at the beginning in the evenings, but it's not something that I find as satisfying as it, it doesn't do this. I mean, I don't know, probably people agree, but it doesn't do the same thing as being with somebody. And sometimes it's almost worse than not talking to them at all for me. Uh, that didn't mean I didn't do it, but. It was interesting being on the flip side of, of being here, and I usually, I work with Kit a lot, and I talk to Kit uh, throughout the day a lot, and um, being here, 
like I learned a lot about myself because I get really excited about small things like if my soup is really delicious mm-hmm. like usually I want to tell people <laughs> <laughs> but I felt really bad bothering kid in South Africa who's <laughs> filming a film and on set and I don't want to be like my and I, I had no way to get you know to call him and be like the soup is really good <laughs> um, so I like dealt with that <laughs> myself oh my God. <laughs> I was able to be happy by myself. <laughs> but, but in terms of like your like when the ATM spit out like Australian dollars, but then like I like I learned like a text and like sent pictures. <laughs> you also learn you can fight with people. Like there's this whole preciousness about being away that like <laughs> you. Uh, Think you're never going to see people again, or whatever. Everything's got to be so precious, and I'm pointing and everything. And I, I, then I, you know, that lasted about a week. <laughs> and then you get into an argument. When you get into an argument with somebody across the ocean, that's oceans. Yeah. Oceans? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's rough. But then it's fine. Well, it's also interesting because I actually found that there was. I think it was different even just a few <laughs> years ago before technology made it easy to you know, to communicate from a distance. But I certainly found that there there were a few things, because, you know, there still was a lot of business to do back in New York with, with all sorts of things. And I actually found a few times where there were people who were quote-unquote, and genuinely, but trying to protect me because they knew I was away and didn't want to bother me about things. So by the time I found out about them, it was a much bigger issue than it would have been if, if I had <coughs> known. Mm-hmm earlier and it actually is something that you know that for myself anyway the thing that made me nervous about being away was not being overwhelmed with things both New York and elsewhere but the idea of losing touch with what was going on in New York and so that was something you know that um, you know that I I learned at some point during the process and asked Jenny and to, to make sure make sure I know what is going on in New York because that will set my mind at ease that if I haven't heard something it means nothing is wrong not that not that people aren't telling me what's going on, mm-hmm. but I think that's a helpful thing. You know, if you know someone who's on the road, you know, they. I wanted to know what was going on at home a lot, like even more than when I'm at home. I wanted to know what was going on at home. Well, and that's the weird thing about New York, anyway. Is I feel like I also am keeping in, t- in touch with a lot of people who live here. It's it's like I mean when I was going away when I was going to Houston I was like oh this is so sad I'm not going to see people for eight weeks but there, I go I easily go eight weeks mm-hmm. in New York without seeing some of my best friends and and it's it's it was kind of surprisingly not actually that different yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I also know I I, I had a uh, which which was really nice I I had had this whole fantasy wherein I was going to email everybody like dispatches. And it was there was no time mm-hmm. to do that. But something that I did, which was which was really great, there was one point at which I realized I've not emailed anybody and I've got no time to do it. So I just carried my computer with me and kind of wrote what turned out to be like a seven page long email. But over the course of like a week and a half it took me to write it. But there was something that actually really was nice to be connected to home, to sort of have that sort of ongoing mm. monologue <laughs> with people from home. And there was also another email that I, I sent. It was a fairly extraordinary day that involved being chased by an armed militia. Um, it was a, it was making a film in Africa, it man. When you go on the road, kids. <laughs> <laughs> but that was watch out, Iowa. <laughs> but that was something that was so interesting that when I, you know, 
I didn't want to go to bed that night without telling people about the day that I'd had, and it was it was a pretty extraordinary day on a lot on a lot of, of accounts. But those were the two emails that I, I sent while I was there, and they were both very very long. But it was <laughs> it was good to communicate. It's about time for us to wrap up, um, and just a, a couple of, of things before we do, which is now that we're all back home from wherever we've been recently or been before, because uh, we're here. Uh, <laughs> um, what do you do once you're home about keeping in touch with the people who you met and got to know, or do you? Do you have interest in doing that, and if so? It's usually, there's always one. I don't force, I've never forced anything. I try to keep in touch with the, you know, producers and stuff like that, of things, and, but, um, there's all. I don't know. I think like even with shows in New York, there's maybe yeah. one or two people that surface that, and it just so happens you've developed an organic kind of relationship over the years. Yeah. Facebook, uh, Facebook, God, curse Facebook. Yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, that that to me is, yeah, that happens naturally if it does, like anywhere else. I think in some ways, actually, it's gonna I, the people that I want to keep in touch with from the alley. I will keep in touch with better than the folks that I was in a show with. Because, you know, you leave a, an experience in well, New York, and it's always like, oh, my God, yeah, we're going to have coffee, we're going to hang out. <laughs> and then you never see them, ever, until you do a show with them again, like, three years later. <laughs> and in some ways... In it's Houston. <laughs> in Houston, exactly. <laughs> in some ways, it's more satisfying to be like, okay, yeah, I won't see you, and I'm going to have to... We're going to have... You're going to have to call me in order for us to keep yeah. in touch. And I... I mean, that's good for me. I'm bad at keeping in touch with people... Um, even when I really want to, the, in some uh, that was both hard um, in trying to in, in really investing in those friendships because I was like, there's a possibility that Elizabeth Heflin, the woman who was playing my mother, who I absolutely adored, I was like, there's a good possibility that I might, n- I mean, not a good possibility, hopefully, but I might never see her again. I don't go to Houston, you know, and that, and then saying like, okay, how am I gonna? how is it that I can really invest, I'm going to really invest in this friendship now and then hope that we keep in touch. She has a three-year-old daughter, like, she's busy. Um, And that might not happen again, and being able to appreciate that time that I got to spend with her, that that is really valuable and meaningful, even if I never see her again. And hopefully that won't happen, but if that happens, it doesn't, what's the word? Devalue. Devalue the experience that we have. There really is something about you leave a show which, I mean, it's just something about the nature of what we all do, which is you've got <coughs> five weeks of really intensive, re- you know, rehearsal and then the run. This time we have a really intensive relationship with people. And then and then you stop. And, and you know, and there's this idea, uh, you know, that you do always end it with, oh, we'll get coffee, we'll do whatever. And usually you end up, I end up with two or three people who you really do end up with a relationship with uh, out of all the people you've met and the rest of them it's lovely when you bump into them and it's mm-hmm. really good to see them but um, but there was something that there is something that's weird about being out of town especially being on another continent um, where it was really like the, like there was no hey let's grab a drink sometime it was really <laughs> like the odds are very good I will never see you again I mean very good that I will <laughs> never see you again uh, and almost everyone. I mean, there are a couple of people who, you know, will probably be at the premiere and stuff with a DP and things like that. Right. But, you know, the vast majority of the people who, who I met and had a wonderful time with and great relationships with, 
But there was something that I actually found the whole time I was there. There was a little bit of an awareness of that this is all very temporary. Everything about this is temporary. Um, which is an odd way to live to live your life. You know, I almost feel though that with that being with that being the case, you know, it gives you a little more room to um, to be as honest in in the thing that you're working on as possible because you're less worried about the potential of encountering that person again and. Um, <laughs> so you totally can, honest so you just basically go go to South Africa and just show your ass um, <laughs> no I but I mean I wish like, I'd thought of that <laughs> it's like uh, no but I mean like I, I know I mean for, <laughs> from my from my standpoint uh, you showed your ass in Chicago made in Chicago <laughs> you know I got in fist fights I'm kidding uh, I know you didn't no but I but but honestly like in the way of uh, keeping in touch and with that kind of being the reality that we all face that you know you probably won't see these people again um, you know and you can forge a much more honest relationship with those people um, just because you know in that in that short amount of time you can forge you know a much more honest relationship than someone that you're gonna see repeatedly but you will never really know mm. uh, whereas you know I feel like here you'll run into a ton of people that you're gonna see all the time you're gonna work with all the time but you're never gonna really know anything about them you know just because uh, that's just how the business is that said I you know I intend you know next time to go out of town and just sh show my ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. To everyone. To everybody. So, well, yeah, is there uh, any final thoughts that people have either about um, ways that you might do things differently at home? from your experience being away or things that you after you've been back from earlier trips away you found that you did differently or any thoughts you have about anyone who's who's heading out on the road to work on things what you'd recommend to them I actually am not a big writer but um, actually listening to you and, and your stories about writing things down and, and kind of keeping in touch that way the idea of, of this sounds sensitive and but like <laughs> keeping a journal or mm -hmm. keeping some sort of record of of what happened or what's going on and who you're meeting and stuff like that I imagine is good keeping things separate I think that's a part of growing up though too uh, you have to have your life and then your work and I think I don't even 100% know what that means yet but I do know that it means that when those lines get blurry, you, you have nothing to offer either one after a while, I think. Um, does that make any sense to anyone else? I got it. <laughs> I, I got it. Like, I, the first thing I thought of was the concept of showmances, and, like, when everything just gets uh, messy. Uh -huh. Like, just, just, don't even try, try not to, I mean, when you're young, I guess, whatever, but, like, just, I don't know. The, the, the sooner you can get to maintaining a separation, the better off everything will be the work, everything. I agree with 
that, and I think that that's hardest on the on oh, the road God, because yeah, because it's it's. I mean, the only people that I knew were people who were in the show. So those right. were the people that I was trying to be friends with and you know get to know them. And they, I didn't. I, I don't know how to. I don't know how to meet other people in Houston. I barely know how to meet other people in New York. Um, <laughs> but and and I think that something that I hope for myself next time, which is maybe going to sound like it's contradictory, though I don't think it is, is I I want to. I, it took a lot. I'm kind of shy and it took a long time for me to feel like I could be friends with these people and like I could you know ask them to have a drink or whatever uh and and as a result I felt like I missed I spent a lot of time by myself watching Frasier but I love Frasier David (laughs) Hyde Pierce can do no wrong in my mind but and I that was great and I liked spending time by myself but I would I would challenge myself to be a little bit more Adventurous in oh, yeah. in appreciating the people and 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 to, and and to trust that I can keep those things separate. I mean, th- I think that's yeah, something yeah, yeah. that I was worried about is that I didn't want to, you know, if I like I said before, I didn't want to be too vulnerable. But I didn't want them to think that I couldn't handle it. But that you, I can, I could be friends with them, you know, and be and be vulnerable with them, and they would not, they would still. Because my work is strong, they would know that I could take it. Yeah. I mean, I I think this is probably not a piece of advice for the entire world, but I think more people than than you would think, and it's related to that. I think most people think of actors as being pretty gregarious, and and I think for the most part, most actors actually aren't. Most actors actually are much, quote-unquote, shyer than, Mm -hmm. than I think anybody, even other actors, realize. And being out on the road can be tough in that regard, in terms of the idea of, you know no one. You need to make friends. Um, and but going along with uh, with with Will's theory of showing everyone your ass. Um, <laughs> but if you are a shy person, this is your chance to not be. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that especially when there's circumstances <coughs> where there are other people who are also you know who are also on the road and travel, people. People are people are people, and people want friends. Other people want to, you know, to be friends with you. I mean, Jenny certainly. Um, you had your little shoot down in in uh, in, in uh, New Jersey last year, and ended up once you, you know, talk got out someone. and talked <laughs> to somebody. You ended up with this extraordinary adventure with a you and a bunch of movie stars rocking out drinking and having whiskey. a great party, <laughs> and drinking whiskey. But you know, and. and you know relationships that carried on, and certainly, and people who I was working with, who it was like, well, you know, finally, you know, when you decide to step up, and you know, people want, people want to have friendly relationships, mm-hmm. and and people want to help other people too. Yeah, yeah, and you know that, and that 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 that's a useful thing to remember that whatever happens, if you're on the road, you're only there for a month or two or whatever, even if you screw it up. It's gonna go away. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the other benefit of the temporary lifestyle. And yeah. to don't videotape anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Make up another life. You know, and, and and that idea of if you're gonna go and you're gonna do a show, go. Mm-hmm. Let it be your mm-hmm. chance to be unlike yourself. And that doesn't mean to be destructive or anything <laughs> like that. I mean, that's <laughs> you know. But I mean, nobody knows you. If nobody knows you, you can be whoever you want and let it be your chance, especially if you're someone who does not uh, uh, 
synthesize themselves in easily, which again I think are a lot more actors than people realize. Um, let that be your chance to take a risk because it's not it's not that big a risk because right. it will be over soon. Yeah. Um, you know, but it, it might turn out to be something really, really terrific to have while you're there. Um, you know, you're much better off having something to miss when you leave. All right. So uh, I suppose that's a, a reasonably good uh, place to, to leave off. Uh, so for uh, Kerry and Jenny and Jane and Will and myself, thank you all very much for listening. Uh, if you have not subscribed yet, uh, please go to... Uh, iTunes and do so. If you have been listening and uh, like what you hear, uh, please write a review for us on iTunes. Um, and uh, we will be back soon with more conversations with more members of our community about more issues having to do with the life and art of actors and writers and directors in New York City. Uh, thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. You can learn more about the Cry Havoc Company at cryhavoccompany.org. Questions or comments can be sent to podcasts at cryhavoccompany.org. All music from this show came from the Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe.